Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Hey everyone, welcome back. Another Trident Wargaming episode. That's right, some more bolt action, but this time we're doing some Blood Red Skies. So with me again is the gamer of all games, Mr. Jason. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> that was a strafing run, if you didn't know. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Doing good, are you? Yeah, yeah. Keeping it together. Good. Very good. Very good. Yeah, we, uh, we've we had uh, some good games, I think, I would say, with Blood Red Skies in the past. Uh, we haven't played too, too many of them, but um, at least against each other, but the ones we have, I've been mainly victorious, I'd say. Yeah, you've been uh, kicking my butt. <laughs> so, so as you can tell, uh, we're doing Blood Red Skies in this episode. Uh, we're uh, going to go through a little bit of, I guess, the new book that they had released. Uh, was it Wing Commander, I believe? Wing Commander. Yeah. Every time I hear that, I, I'm thinking like the old Super Nintendo game, Wing Commander. The, one of the best games yeah. ever made. Still have yeah. them. Um, oh, nice. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, we're going to go through a little bit of that book. Um, Jason <clears throat> has mainly kind of gone through it as I haven't really had a chance myself, but um, probably get some questions rolling and whatnot. So um, yeah, stay tuned and just have... Uh, have a listen and uh, let us know what you guys think. Um, share your your thoughts on the game, if you like it, your experiences. And uh, also send us some pictures of your planes. We love seeing that kind of stuff. So definitely throw it on our Facebook or Instagram or on the post when the, when the, uh, the episode comes out. So nice. Yeah. So, but uh, of course, like usual, uh, we'll reel it in a little bit here with our hobby front uh just essentially stuff that we are working on or we've painted up or anything related hobby wise really um so i can go first here uh lately it's been just a big mix of everything actually that's probably my whole that's, hobby it, experience that's all the time andy <laughs> and just the big cauldron mixing it up you know uh right now um as actually earlier today of the day of this episode, I was working on the terrain for the October event. So I was uh, taking some Millie putt and, and making the sandbags around my trenches. So nice. be glad when that's out of the way. So then I can uh, start spraying, getting some color, other colors on them and getting them to the, to the love. The only problem with that is I'm, I'm actually waiting on the, uh, battle mat to come in for it. So, cause I want to match the colors up to the battle mat. So, um, there's that. Of course, there was uh, team Yankee miniatures that I was working on horse heresy miniatures. Uh, my British bolt action guys are still on my work desk, Shatterpoint, all that stuff. So nice, kind of everywhere, but, uh, yeah, getting some, getting some painting in, getting some hobbying in building terrain, uh, playing games, of course. Um, if any of you guys are into 40k, um, it's uh, it's been going well with that. I've had my third game, so a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, yeah, same old uh, same old thing. Keep plugging away, trying to get armies built, painted, 
on the table. So that's kind of where I am. How about you, Jason? Well, I've uh, applied paint to models. (gasps) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack right now. (laughs) I've decided I have to do, I'm notorious for like eight months of inactivity and then binge painting like every spare second I have for a month or two and then crickets for another eight months, which is not very efficient, especially how we roll where we decide to play every army for every game. You're worse than me. I at least play every army for every game within basically the warlord scope. You, you play act- every army for every game. You actually listen, you actually listen to the thought that says stop. Sometimes, yeah. Where my thought of stop is actually go. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whoops! You're colorblind. You can't see the stoplights. Colorblind, I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. So, so anyway, I started this week. I got a two-hour timer. Okay. So I got the week, the seven days. Sunday or Monday till Sunday. And I fill up that two hour timer with hobby time, just painting. That's it. It's not a lot and it might increase, but it's a lot more than zero hours of hobby time. You would be surprised. Yeah. Like I, I do an hour on Sunday nights. I mean, obviously I get other time to do stuff too, but, uh, just like yourself, I, get sidetracked with real life or hooked on a game on the PC, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, like you'd be surprised just that 15 minutes of of applying a color makes a big difference the next time you go and start painting again because you're like, oh, awesome. I'm I'm at this stage. I'm almost done. You know? Yeah, exactly. And once I see progress too, I think part of my problem is like, the, I get bogged down because I have so much. It's a question of where to start. Right. You know what I mean? So I just grabbed the nearest thing and I started. I decided on a two-hour thing and I just have a my uh, timer on my phone. I just start, stop, and over the course of a week, so there's no excuse, I can find two hours in a week, even if I'm sick one day or the kids are crazy or or I have to work late or whatever it is, I can make up for it the next day. Yeah, that's no a good plan. It, it really right. is. I mean. Hopefully. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you in the loop to see how it goes. So hopefully. I'll, I'll message you in the middle of the week. Crack. You got your two hours done? Crack, crack the whip. <laughs> how much time do you got left? <laughs> yeah. Send, yeah. You a, send you a little time clock. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, that's great. That's great to hear. Like it's, you, you set yourself a little bit of a standard of wanting to do something right. So, cause I know sometimes like painting these grand armies sometimes can feel like a chore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And here's and the other thing too, is that I'm a player that like that paints. Mm-hmm. I'm not a painter that plays, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So I like painting. Um, but it's, it's definitely below playing. So it already has second fiddle status. <laughs> so the spare time where I could be painting, I quite often 
in gaming instead. So yeah, no, for sure. And it's like, even you know, if you guys are watching on YouTube, like I'll, I'm going to put up my Horace Heresy uh, Librarian Jet Bike Guy, right? And these are just like they're just basic colors, right? And that was, you know, that that was in the one hour that I was just adding some colors to it. But then the next step is like a little bit of details to my AK wash. Next step is is the base, and then it's done, right? So right. it goes goes a long way. Every little bit that you get, you know, um, usually I'm multitasking anyways, but going back to what you said earlier about just picking, just picking a project or just picking some models up and painting, that happens a lot to me too. Cause like, like I said, I'll have multiple projects on the go. There's even times where like I'm at work and I'm not thinking about work, of course, thinking about (laughs) gaming. Um, and it's like. I'm actually writing down a list. Okay, what's my current project? What do I need to get done? Like, what do I want to work on, right? Oh, you know what? I want to go play, uh, paint up uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi today. That's what I'm doing, you know? So, yeah. or, or I'm going to add the brown on this these five Marines or whatever, right? So, no, it's good to hear. Hopefully, uh, I'm sure other people do that too. So, it'll be good. It'll be good. It's always better plain painted. That's what uh, every once in a while we say that around here. So <laughs> it's nice to it's nice to see. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the October uh, D Day event that's happening uh, for Tri War Gaming. Uh, it's going to be the first fully painted event uh, that I'm running. So it'll be great to see there. A lot of pictures that will happen. So excited for that. Sweet. I'm excited. It should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been pretty good. I think we have two spots left. So two uh, allies, right? Yeah. And a big, big shout out to, uh, Stefan or Steven. I can't remember how he pronounced it. He used to come and play with us and then he kind of got out and now he's getting back in. So welcome back. If you ever listen to the podcast and then also returning for that event, is someone that we have not seen since before COVID, Mr. Cam Paul. Oh. He's coming back with a fury. Fun. So uh, that's awesome to hear. Um, some of the old guard are coming back, right? So Wait a minute. He's on the Axis side? Um, I I think ally side, actually. Ally. Okay, yeah, good. Steven, Steven's on the uh, Axis. The Axis side's full. Yeah. Um, so that's why that's why I guessed. Yeah. So there's two uh, two ally side slots left. So, um, and that's not even including me playing because I probably won't be playing anyways. So, um, but yeah, super excited. Things are going well. Uh, definitely got to jump and get more things going for it. But uh, <laughs> we'll make it happen. I got an airbrush that I'll be starting to spray everything with. So. Get her done. Yeah. But that's the hobby front. We'll close it at that. So Blood Red Skies. Uh, I call it Burrs. Burrs. <laughs> BRS. So initially they came out with box set, came out the second box set with pretty much the basic rules for the game. Um, then they, I'm pretty sure they had a couple other PDFs and pamphlets and campaigns that they came out with and stuff as well. 
Uh, I've seen it on their webpage. Their uh, digital section has some stuff. Um, then they came out with Airstrike. Yep. As well. And that was like a more detailed expansion on the main rules, um, plus other stuff in it as well. Uh, pretty good book. Yeah, it's like a compendium yeah. of all the rules. Uh, and there's something like 12 scenarios in there. Yeah. Um, and it has the expanded rules for things like uh, attacking ground targets and uh, and how flak works. And uh, uh, it also has a little section on, uh, you know, kind of combining the Megali uh, set you could get back in the day. Oh, that's right. Uh, Although I think it's back again, uh, but combining Migali in there also, so a little bit with jets and how they work. Yeah, uh, and then also a handy thing is it has a list of the uh, um, uh, doctrine cards and theater cards that you're allowed to use, depending on uh, period and. Uh, country you're playing yeah uh so which is really handy and and i really like that uh mechanic it helps mix up uh mix it up so the uh you know for instance the americans in uh uh early war 19 it says 1939 to 1942 but we all know they're late to the party but uh so basically 1942 is a lot different or at least different in quite a bit of ways than the American army in or air force in the late war. Right. Uh, so it's kind of neat to have the two different, uh, uh, you know, card options. And then of course the theater cards is, uh, dependent on where you're playing, where you set your game. So, uh, Northwest Europe, uh, Eastern Europe, Mediterranean, Pacific. Um, so you get different theater card options you can take. Uh, and it explains all that too, which is kind of cool. Handy, handy to have, especially all in one location and with all the FAQ incorporated up until this, po the point of release. Yeah. Uh, so all the changes they made from the Battle of Britain set, where you initially got the rules, and the Midway set, the second place you can get the rules. And both play fine if that's all you have is the Battle of Britain set or you have the Midway set. You could just use those rules in there. They give you a couple of scenarios for each uh, that are kind of that reflect the setting depicted on the box with the planes you get in the box. Uh, and that works fine. But if you want to expand beyond that, the airstrike book is really going to be worth your money. You know, that's where, that's yeah. where you're going to be able to, uh, expand the gameplay beyond just the chair, just the basic games. Yep. Y for yeah, sure. for sure. And then of course, now they came out with the new book, the wing commander book. Uh, yeah, we so what's what's so what's different with that book that you've noticed right off the bat? Well, Wing Commander isn't really a rule book. Okay. It's uh it's um 
like a supplement that allows for um, the playing of campaigns. Okay. So it has a really cool uh, campaign system uh, in it. Nice. Where uh, you, it really adds basically a lot of the elements of an RPG for in between your games. Hmm. My son and I, Elias, are, are in the midst of a Battle of Britain campaign in this, using these rules. We were playing one off of website rules a while ago. Uh, but as soon as we heard that they were coming out with kind of a more in-depth rule system for it, we stopped and we're waiting for this. So we just, I picked it up a couple weeks ago and we just started. So we're on our, finished our second game and uh, it's pretty intense. Like I actually, I'm only in the second game and I'm worried about my pilots dying. You know, you okay. make different decisions when you're playing the game. So maybe we should start, you know, before Blood Red Skies is a plain game. Yeah. It's fairly simple to play, but there's actually a little bit to master. It's it's you you've played it with me. There is mm -hmm. tricks to it. It the rules you can learn I mean it take a couple pages. It's really quite easy and everything works off of a 6. Yeah. The number of dice you get to throw is different depending on your statistics of your plane and your pilot skill. But it's always just a six. There's no... <clears throat> yeah, and uh, a, a lot of times in your missions and whatnot, like, um, it's not necessarily like other games where you're trying to destroy the opponent's units, right? Yeah, that's right. There's boom chits. Which basically, every time you get a hit on an enemy plane, you don't have to shoot him down, but you get a hit on him, that side collects a boom chit. And as soon as you have more boom chits than you have planes in the air, that side bugs out. They take a, they get out of dodge because you know the boom chits represent you know you know a weakening of morale of the pilots. Maybe pilots getting wounded, aircraft yeah. getting uh, damaged. Uh, you know, it just kind of a, a changing of of uh, various factors that is not appealing to these, uh, you know, to these pilots, and they're they're going to get out of dodge. They don't want to get yeah. shot down. Yeah. So uh, I like that mechanic, and very rarely are uh, are you, are you playing with even a single. Or multiple uh, shoot downs, like planes actually going down. Mm -hmm. You can win the game without anybody getting shot down. Yeah, there's there's a lot of maneuvering, and um, also like affecting the uh, the opponent's planes as well with the different elevations and whatnot, right? So, you know, yeah, you, you you think ahead of of when you're looking at your your planes that are in combat the positioning, where am I going to maneuver in cloud cover? Um, you know, can I, can I get behind him? Uh, is he going to be able to shoot back at me if I'm going straight on? Right. Um, but then also like, okay, well, this guy's going to be able to activate before this guy, you can set it up where you can force the opponent to come down a level. And now they're able to be attacked, right. By other aircraft and pilots that haven't gone yet 
So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a really cool mechanic. Like, so basically you have three states of being in, in aerial combat. It's all about energy. So you have an advantage state where basically you're in a better position yep. than most of the planes, right? And you're you're in a in the best position that you can be in. Uh, you know, then you have a neutral state. And then you have a disadvantage state. Uh, the only way to get shot down is to uh, get hit and fail a maneuver check while in a disadvantage state. So really, you want to spend your day in a in the advantage state wherever possible. Plus, you can do thing called a burning advantage. So you can spend an advantage. So you go from say advantaged, you'll go down one to a neutral state to do uh, an action, which could be uh, uh, up to a 180 degree turn. Basically, you can rip around, do a loopity-loo or some other, an Immelman turn, some other uh, type maneuver to get advantage on your opponent. Yeah. Uh, or you can dive. You can spend energy to get away. You can move an extra six inches. Um, and also the whole time you have cards that your aircraft have traits. The traits give you cards that you can play during gameplay uh, that can sometimes um, enhance those abilities. For instance, Dive Away allows you to uh, uh, add an extra or make you uh, dive at your plane speed instead of the, just the six. So if your plane moves faster than six, you get extra movement so you, normally you'd move for example like a bf 109 e you move seven inches but i'm going to dive so i dive i get to move six inches but i play that card instead of six i get to move seven and then an additional seven so i can move 14 inches across the table as opposed mm. to other people just moving seven now i burnt advantage i spent some of that energy to do that but that might get me in a better position and really that's what it is the game is about building and spending advantage in order to take the enemy take shots at the enemy airplanes yeah try to give you the opportunity to get a chance to get to apply a boon shit essentially exactly uh, yeah boon shit right so boom um so that's kind of like the basic idea of the game. Um, very, very basic. So then back to the book. So the book, the wing commander book yeah, is about a campaign system. So you play games, but you choose uh, a nation. Okay. And an, and an, uh, theater an era essentially where you're, you're going to play. We, we chose battle of Britain. So in this book, there's actually a chart that has, the aircraft available from, you know, early uh, 1939, uh, mid, late, early, you know, uh, for all of the years, 1940. And each plane, if it's available, it will have full, which means your whole squadron can be that plane if you want. Oh, wow. Or short, which means it's a new plane. And it's uh, you only have limited access to that plane. And as you advance through the turns, each turn represents a certain amount of time. Uh, the basic 
uh, uh, one that they set forth is that each uh, turn represents a month. Uh, for the Battle of Britain, Elias and I have shortened it to a week just because it's a bit of a shorter time period. So we wanted to, you know, each game we play represents a week of sorties, you know, that have happened in the air. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to go through it that way. So we look at this chart and right now we have these planes available to us, but as we advance, you know, uh, uh, into the uh, later uh, parts of the year, we'll get access to different planes which we can start to take in our squadron, which is cool. Nice. Uh, we get our roster of guys that we all generated. And not only do you generate guys, you create the name of your pilot. They give you a concept of the ranks. They uh, all start at a, a randomly generated pilot skill. Usually it's a three or a two. And the wing leaders or element leaders... Um, we'll start at a three or a four usually, uh, but you have to roll on that. And then you have to roll to determine their personality. Oh, uh, that's different. Yeah. Because there's interactions that might happen off the field with support characters hmm. that uh, can help or hinder your squadron's ability to fight in the next battle. There's uh, and then you have to, uh, uh, you can roll to see if you get lucky. You might get a uh, ace trait right off the hop. You so you, you might have access to an ace card without even really being an ace. It's just somebody that's really uh, like a special person that might develop into an ace. But you know, you know those people that are really good at something. Yeah. So you get to roll to see if that can happen. It's it's hard, but you, it might happen. Um. It's it's really it, cool. And then you roll to determine uh, whether or not you get support staff to start with and what those staff are. And they can be like the uh, squadron surgeon or the uh, the uh, wing commander or the uh, um, adjutant or uh, they even have local bombshells, which can uh, <laughs> can affect the. Uh, the player, the, the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. So this is sounding, uh, it's funny because this, this kind of reminded me of like Mordheim. For, yeah. It's an RP, right? Like yeah. there's stuff that's happening off the battlefield that can affect your, your, your games and stuff and your character. So does, do the pilots and whatnot, like, do they accumulate experience or anything like that? Like, yeah, during the game, you okay. have to keep track of any time an enemy gets hit mm -hmm. and goes down an advantage level. So I didn't really mention it, but when you hit somebody, they get a boom chick that happens, but then they have to take a maneuver test. If they fail that test, that pilot goes down one advantage level. That's why if they're at disadvantaged, they crash because you can't go down below disadvantaged. That's called the ground. Yeah. So uh, every time you do that, boom, you get uh, you get a little bit of XP. And there's a chance that uh, even though you didn't shoot them down, their plane, that plane records that it took damage and might crash on its way home. 
So oh, you finished okay. the battle. None of your pilots got shot down. Awesome. Oh, but I did take damage. Let's see if they get if the plane falls out of the sky. And there's chart you roll on. And oh no, I'm good. I'm making it to my airbase, but I have to make a crash landing at the airbase. Uh or I have to parachute out pretty much right away. And then do I parachute out over enemy territory or friendly territory? Am I captured a prisoner of war? Essentially, I lose that pilot. Or do they take a couple of game turns to make it back to the base? Hmm. Right? Or are they injured and they have to recover in the hospital? So they're off my ro- they're off the the duty roster for a while. So I'm liking this uh, just from what you're saying. I'm I'm really liking yeah. this. And it, they. Did, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. Um, it, like I said, it gives me a very Mordheim feel, but like there's other games that had these kind of little systems in play as well, where you actually have an opportunity to lose your pilot. Right? Oh yeah. So I like this. Um, I think we're definitely going to have to like <laughs> start something up. Oh, big for, time, buddy. So big time, but go and, ahead. And so you do develop experience and then you shoot down enemy planes uh, every pilot that survives a battle gets an experience point just okay. for surviving the battle. Okay. And then if you uh, shoot down a plane, I believe it's five experience for that. And then once you reach different experience thresholds, you can use that uh, experience to upgrade your pilot. Nice. So you can uh basically you spend xp you know rpg style now is that is that to upgrade your pilot to the next skill level or is there traits or anything that they can get once you become an ace you're eligible for a trait and i believe oh, okay. i believe i'm because you know we're we're only a couple games in so we're not really at that uh at the state yet yeah. At that state, but I do believe that you can spend XP on other um, other things. Another thing too is your uh, your uh, characters, support characters. Stuff can happen to them too. A, some of them can fly on missions with you. Oh, nice. So some of those are actual pilots. They just happen to be fulfilling a different role. Uh, and actually, the German Air Force actually promoted, you know, skillful pilots to be leaders, which sounds like a good idea. Uh, so you actually start out with the experience advantage uh, or pilot skill advantage uh, as a German player for those character roles. Nice. Um, but then... Uh, you can lose them through combat if they die, or they can be transferred out. You have to roll to see sometimes some some of these interactions uh, have consequences on the uh, those characters as well. On your support staff and everything. On yeah. your su- on your support staff, which is uh, that's pretty neat. I like that. It gives that, uh, like you said, that RPG feel. That uh, essentially totally. what happened. Essentially, the stuff that that pilots went through and then the crews went through and 
support staff and commanders, you know, next, you know, it, it's like your staff has changed and it's like, oh shit, this guy's, this guy's real. Like this guy's, you know, pain in my ass, but he's the new boss, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, also your aircraft can be damaged. We mentioned that quickly, but an aircraft might be out of the game. You, you might not be able to take it for the next time you play or mm. two times. So, and you have a limited amount of aircraft you have access to. So maybe you're playing a bigger points game, but a couple of your pilots are injured and a couple of your planes are, are damaged. So you might not be able to play at the full points level even. Did the uh, did the games get a little bit bigger? Well, they have uh, basically you start at the very beginning of each week or, or turn, whatever you determine it to be, uh, where you roll to see what the game is going to be. Okay. And uh, and you roll. There's a uh, uh, three sizes: a skirmish, which is like five hundred points, so a couple of planes. Uh, you kind of just bump into a couple of the enemy. There's um, what the heck is the middle? Uh, da, 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 da. An engagement, which is a thousand points, uh, which is a little bit bigger. You're now you're talking kind of uh, probably eight planes. Hmm. You know. Uh, maybe nine or 10. It depends on the planes and the pilot skill. Yeah. Uh, because you have to pay, you know, just like for a game, you pay for the pilot skill and you pay for the, you know, 25 points for a level two, 50 for a level three, 75 for a level four, a hundred for a level five, if you have them. Gotcha. Uh, and plus the cost of the aircraft, uh, which for example, battle of Britain, so like a Spitfire uh, Mark II is 31 points, I believe. Uh, and then the big one is called a Furball, uh, where nice. you basically scramble a whole group. So it's 1,500 points. Whew. So, uh, right. yeah, now, you, now you're talking a big engagement. That'd be fun. That'd be so, fun. yeah. And so you what know, you're, but, the, games that you've, the games that you have had... Um, how long have they been lasting, you'd say? Well, our first one was a skirmish, which is relatively quick. That's, uh, you know, a half an hour game. Okay. Uh, and then about 15 minutes of going through the record keeping, what happened, you know, which plane did that make it back to the airfield? So 45 to an hour, roughly. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this game, one of the best things about this game is it plays really snappy and fast. Yeah, it does. And, yeah. Elias is actually pretty good at it. So, uh, <laughs> it, we actually spend a lot of, it's probably a bit longer because we do a lot of maneuvering, trying to get the upper hand, not taking too many risk, yeah. you know, silly risk. Countering your other, countering uh, the other's move. Yeah. Yeah, so so maybe it takes a little bit longer with us, but uh, 
Yeah, the first one, he kicked my butt. He wiped the floor with me. <laughs> uh, sent a plane straight pretty much right away, really quickly. Got behind me and uh, and sent me down. It wasn't very long. The second game, I managed to eke out a victory barely. Uh, barely. I was uh, running some bombers, uh, escorting some bombers to the target, and... He, he wasn't quite able to sh shoot my bombers down. He came hard at them. He almost had one down, but hmm. uh, I was able to swarm two of his pilots, and I got one shot down, and one escaped, but uh, uh, escaped death. But it was a very close run thing. Nice. Was, so I won that one, but really by the smallest of margins. If if he had had a plane to go first next before i got to go it would have been a different ball game nice no it's good to hear that's good to to know that the game itself is uh, quick snappy like you said but yeah. there's still enough detail in it that it's super fun and tactical as well um you know, it's kind of uh, Warlord's Games version of kind of like X-Wing and Star Trek Attack Wing kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's quite a bit simpler yeah. than using the various, uh, you know, maneuver cards, because yeah. I believe those use the maneuver card system. Uh, so it's, it's actually quite a bit more free-flowing than that, Yeah, which which I like. It makes it a lot snappier. You still have to think about positioning, yeah. but it's not uh, it's not as uh, precise a deal. You know what I mean? That's good. gives a gives a little bit of uh, campaign uh, to your to your guys' games. It uh, has expanded more on the game itself, which has uh, been pretty fun to play. I know. Uh, We've got a couple games in, and uh, I think Chris has played, and a couple other players in the community has played. It's, Chris it's, hopped in, by the way. Nice. <laughs> He's all in. He, he did up an order. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get this book, too, and uh, we'll have to set something up, because uh, oh. this is these are the kind of games that are super fun with your close friends that um, makes those gaming moments, right, that you'll remember for years yeah. to come. Yeah, I so, love that you mentioned Mordheim because it really does have that that vibe where you are like just you know you level up a guy. Oh man, this and it might not even be the guy that you thought was going to be the cool guy. Yeah, at the beginning of the campaign, it's it's like some you know rube, but by the end, you're like, oh man, this is my guy. Mm -hmm. I've already went through two uh, leaders, big whoop, but this guy, this. This hobo that started, man, he is. Oh my god, you just killed him! I, I am literally sad. I'm mourning this guy. I love it. I, I we're having a lot of fun, Elias and I. Uh, but I, I do want to mention really quick too. This book also has the master aircraft list. Okay, where it has all of the aircraft and their points. Uh. And what cards they have, their, their, all their stats for every aircraft. That's cool. So, uh, because there are 
there are aircraft in the war that Warlord hasn't got to yet. Yeah. So if there's a, a, a niche aircraft that you want to play that they don't have models for, so don't have a stat card for, that's that's there. So you can go to other manufacturers or 3D print or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's in there. Plus they have a couple of cool uh, jet age scenarios. Like Megali? Uh, well, beyond Megali even. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, like India-Pakistan uh, conflict, which mm. is kind of neat, inc- incorporates some rules for, uh, you know, uh, f- beyond machine guns. Nice. Uh, which is kind of neat. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool with the, I mean, doing the expansion and even like doing this little bit that you've been talking about here just recently. Um, how kind of Warlord is kind of always testing the waters with certain eras as well, right? Mm Because that's exactly what probably this is, is to, hey, you know, is there an interest in possibly that era with some extra little rules and stuff? Let's see what we can do with it. If it, we hear a lot of chatter about it and stuff, maybe there's potential for having a game of its own or something or an expansion. Um, So... It's good. I, like, and it's funny because at first I I didn't really take interest into Blood Red Skies uh, at first, and then we tried it out, and it was just like, yep, definitely wanted yeah, to play as well. You know, it took me a long time too. Actually, like I got the Battle of Britain set secondhand yep. off of somebody getting rid of it, and I was like, I guess I'll whatever. Planes are cool. <laughs> well, that's just it, right? And like, uh, oh, it's actually kind of a fun game. I don't know. I wasn't. I was leery of the cards. I mm. think, like it's uh, it it read too board game to me. Yeah, that that's that was the thing too for me. It was just, and that's what I kind of had heard as well, um, because I is. I played a I played a different game. Uh, bag the Hun there with uh, two fat lardies and it was quite detailed and and whatnot and then I play and then you know people were comparing this game to that game and it's like there's no comparison I'm like wow it's a bit different style game like one is super detailed the other one is simple but but fun to play kind of thing right and quick and, and what you can bang out a game in 40 minutes with a new player right stuff like that and sometimes you need those games where it's just, it's a fast paced skirmish game. You just sit down with a buddy, you say, you know what? I'm just going to pack five planes and go, right? Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, the other thing too, with this, another point with this is since they've come out with this book and from what you've been saying, Jason, about, you know, kind of a campaign system and whatnot, um, I'm interested to see if people have decided to use this kind of thing with like a combined arms um, map, you know, where guys can play different systems. But this campaign system, like you're, that's all you're playing is Blood Red Skies. And like, this is the campaign, right? Like this is what's happening. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see. Interesting to hear what's what's involved in it, and uh, definitely really super fun to play. So, 
Um, and then of course, model wise, like you said, 3d printing, um, other guys who are, are making stuff, selling stuff. Um, yeah, that's, the- that's the bonus thing too, is just, just like whatever you find out there, you can essentially take, use and play with. Right. So. Yeah. There's so many guys that, uh, yep. Which that is great. Do stuff. Oh yeah. Like, uh, you know, and Warlord is great. I like a lot of their models, um, but also they don't have the the range has gotten a lot bigger, especially lately. Yeah, uh, but there are ones they don't have. Uh, but uh, there's guys like the Plane Printer, uh, Rockworks, uh, that do uh, 3D printed uh, type deals. Um, nice. Uh, and then there's uh, Armaments and Miniature. They're kind of an older school company. And they have uh, planes at that scale for basically right from, uh, you know, I don't even, I, they might even do World War One, but I don't know. But they certainly do World War Two, and up into modern jets. Nice. So. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool uh, stuff. And if you're interested at all, uh, in Blood Red Skies. I know a little bit, but uh, Lead Pursuit guys, I just started listening to them when I was starting to get into it, and they learn the game and and go through it in really a lot of detail. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, check check that out, probably. I have to, I have to give them a shout-out and check it out. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, any of those guys who have prints or anything, I'll, I'll get info from Jason here and I'll put them in the, in the details of the, the episode as well so that you guys can easily click and, and check it out. Um, so no, that's cool. That's a, that's a good little rundown of, of the new book. Uh, definitely gonna have to get it myself to go into more detail. Um, if you, if you guys like the episode, let us know if you want to see or hear about more blood red skies and, and our encounters in, in the clouds, um, you know, let us know as well. Uh, we always like to try to expand a little bit more and than just, you know, the, the main bolt action system. I kind of, uh, keep, you know, bolt action, victory at sea, blood red skies. I kind of keep them all kind of together as the bolt action world. Right. So, um, but yeah, let us know if you liked it, if you want to hear more. Uh, we can always do more episodes on it as well. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, also, uh, again, thanks, Jason, for, for being on the show, as always. No and, worries. Uh, I'm sure you'll shoot down some of my planes next time we play. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, again, thanks to our patrons. Uh, you know, it helps out stacking some of the uh, the coins that you send us just to help out with getting some upgrades or little equipment or and whatnot that we can try to try to use to improve things um sometimes it's just a coffee so that helps us out as well um but other than that yeah i think that kind of wraps up the episode again check out our socials you know post pictures hashtag triumph wargaming um i want to see some of your planes show me show me show me i know jason has a few painted up I know he got me some French painted up, which were pretty cool. I still got to paint some up. So <laughs> I know Jason's been like 
prodding me with the poker on that, so I'll uh, I'll have to put some together and then check out uh, check out to see what theater that we may want to play. So excellent, maybe Pacific or something. But uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us. I know it's such a little bit of a short one, but uh, it's a it's a gooder. So come check us out. We, uh, you know, put a podcast out every week. So uh, between 40K, 30K, Bolt Action, and, and everything kind of in those umbrellas. Um, so, yeah, if you like it, give us a like, subscribe, all that stuff. And keep on painting, keep on rolling dice, and we'll see you on the battlefield. See ya. Chicago way. He had a boogie style that no one else could play. He was the top man at his craft. But then his number came up and he was gone with the draft. He's in the army now, a blowing reveille. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. <laughs>